<laughs> Should we just try the podcast anyway? I think he left. Okay. And it was episode 21 that everything fell apart. Oh. Well, it's of drinking age now, so. Yeah, the podcast is of drinking age now, and it got hammered. We're just going to have to set that to a rocking bass track, and that's how we finally make money off this thing. <laughs> Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast that brings nerd culture to a normal world. I am your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan. With me, uh, after this rather long hiatus, I'm not going <laughs> to mince words about it, uh, we're going to actually try to put out two episodes pretty quick together, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed that it all works out. Uh, this one's going to be about Spider-Man Far From Home. It will be full spoilers. But, I mean, you we've given you extra time to see this even. This was really all for your benefit. <laughs> and so, uh, just letting you know, full spoiler warning ahead, uh, we will talk Comic-Con a little later uh, in another episode. So, joining me to talk Spider-Man Far From Home, we have Spider-Man fan, Beth Dunstan. Hello! I will be specific that my favorite Spider-Man is Miles Morales. That is fair. That is fair. We also have someone who makes as many Star Wars references as Peter Parker in Civil War, Bill Sheehy. I am always game to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jake Gyllenhaal, so thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have our very own guy in the chair chris tomlin <laughs> i'm a little confused i thought this uh, podcast was going to be about my friend kyle spiderman who I went to <laughs> <laughs> kyle spiderman <laughs> of the uh of the maysville spidermans yeah. i was actually at his bar mitzvah believe it or not. <laughs> It's good to have you all here. Um, We're going to just talk Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm not sure. I know for in-game I tried to like do a quick breakdown in order. I think it might just be better here if we talk about some of our favorite parts. First and foremost, we have to talk about Tom Holland, Mm -hmm. I think. like His performance is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think what I really, really like about Tom Holland is that, you know, with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, I never really... I, I kind of believed Maguire's Peter Parker, but I never believed Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker just because he was too cool and his hair was too good. I, <laughs> it just He was he was too pretty. And, like, not that Tom Holland isn't pretty. Tom, <laughs> if you're listening... with the hot take, Tom I, Holland. <laughs> Holland's not good looking. Okay, don't take that out of context. But he just feels like... He, he looks like a kid. He looks like someone who would be Spider-Man, a, just a teenager 
who's struggling, who wants to deal, who wants to talk and hang out with the girl that he likes. It, it's, I think it's in that same spirit that Stan Lee and Ditko were writing about him just being a regular kid. He personifies that. And I think for me, at least, I don't know how everybody else feels. I feel that he's probably the best portrayal out of all the Spider-Men, the Spider-Mans, as Chris would say, um, that we've got. And I think that he continues to, to personify the character and be Spider-Man. That sort of reminds me, I had a parent uh, recently tell me that it was very difficult for them to watch Spider-Man Far From Home mm-hmm. because he's so believable, yeah. Tom Holland is, as this uh, this child, mm-hmm. basically this, this you know, what is he supposed to be like, like 16, yeah. I guess? 15 which, or 16? By the way, he's, so, he's 23 he's so years old, which yeah. my girlfriend pointed yeah. that out to me, and I'm like, well, shut up, you know, because he's 16 in the movie. But like, he's so believable that uh, when you see him getting, you know, hurt, or when you see someone hitting him, uh, you're, you're just like, no, no, he's just a baby. <laughs> what are you doing? Protect him. <laughs> I think it's important, though. I mean, he's the Spider-Man of the day, you know, and he's great. He's fantastic, and I agree with everything mm-hmm. you're saying, Beth. Tonally, he's pitch perfect. But I say, let's not sleep on Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. because for a time and place, Tobey Maguire was that that same character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Tobey Maguire, in a way, while I think Tom Holland encapsulates that confusion of teenager dumb very well, I think that Tobey Maguire captured the fragility mm-hmm. of that age in a way that Tom Holland might not. Like, I, feel, I always felt like Tobey Maguire felt breakable to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that Tom Holland feels breakable, but I felt mm-hmm. like um, Tobey always had a bit of a uh, more delicate sensibility to him, which I felt like was very mm-hmm. unsure of himself and, you know, very hurtable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of that could be the major difference is in Tobey Maguire's world, like, he was it. It was just him. Mm-hmm. And like, meanwhile, this Peter Parker mm-hmm. exists surrounded by people who would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, in Tobey Maguire's world, he was the only guy with superpowers, mm-hmm. and he didn't know mm-hmm. what to make of that, you know? Yeah, well, uh, and not even just superpowers, like, just even a support structure, like Happy Hogan. Yeah. And, like, Peter that. Parker, Peter Parker in uh, Far From Home and Homecoming has access to more resources than Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man could mm-hmm. ever dream of. That's true. Oh, completely. But- I mean, you look at the scene in, uh, the, you know, I know I recently, the subway scene in Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. where uh, mm-hmm. Doc Ock, you know, is, is, is sending that train down the track, you know, plummeting all those people to their probably certain deaths. But uh, that's very, like, I watched that again recently just on YouTube, Mm-hmm. And Tobey Maguire plays that scene incredibly, and it's as good as the same almost exact scene where Tom Holland keeps the ferry together mm-hmm. in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost mm-hmm. really the same exact mm-hmm. conventions, you know. Oh yeah, scene. It's almost but, even the same pose, right? Trying to hold everything. Yeah, <laughs> and and don't forget that at the end of the at the end of Holland's scene, Iron Man zoomed in and mm-hmm. and fixed everything. But at yeah. the end of Tobey Maguire's scene, that was it. I mean, he was broken, mm-hmm. and if you remember, he comes into the subway, and his mask is off, and he collapses, and then all the people in the subway sort of 
vow to keep his identity mm-hmm. secret mm-hmm. as he kind of yeah. mopes mm-hmm. off of the train. And it's a really touching scene. I it is. completely agree. It, it For me, like, and you know, uh, I saw Spider-Man the, like that and Spider-Man 2 when I was like eight or nine. But like, as I get older, like, he just looks like a 30-year-old dude pretending to be 16. And so like, well, like, I completely agree with that. That that scene is really, really touching and kind of does, like I talked about earlier, kind of embodies the character of Spider-Man. I just, mm-hmm. I, I keep on going back to like, well, this is a 32-year-old dude and he's pretending to be a teenager. There's no way, like, I, I just don't get that. That same, t- Holland just feels like, okay, this is Spider-Man, you know? And I think to Chris's point as well, like some of my favorite scenes in far from home are the scenes when peter is very much alone Mm -hmm. like i I love the scene after he's hit by the train where he wakes up in the Uh prison cell and Mm -hmm. then he's he's out and about and he's he's just his own resource until happy gets there Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. my favorite moment of acting from tom holland in the entire film is uh in the final confrontation with mysterio where he's speaking with what he thinks is a dying Mysterio. And then he sort of, I guess, maybe deflects the gun or something right as the real Mysterio is about to shoot him. And you just, it's a great performance in that moment because you see the last bit of innocent trust Mm -hmm. die in Peter. Mm -hmm. It's, it's such a shattering moment for his innocence and I thought he pulled it off really beautifully. Mm-hmm. No, because it's they they leave him. He has post end game. He has a lot of emotional weight to carry, mm-hmm. and like because part of it, like the the gist of the whole movie is just this fun, like hey, we're taking a class trip to Europe. We're all gonna have fun. But the like undertone of it is he just wants to. He's had the, some of the craziest few months of his life and he's lost his mentor and father figure and he just wants to take some time to recover his second both, father figure <laughs> both mi- yeah. his second father figure first one we've seen on screen mm-hmm. yeah true um, good point good point but like min- he just wants to like mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. recover and you can kind of see that and see his journey into just being like I just want to be my own Spider-Man to like my Spider-Man needs mm-hmm. to be something more. We're we're all adults here, so like I, I don't know if we all could eat like deal with that kind of emotional trauma. We're yeah. all fully functioning adults. Put that into a sixteen-year-old kid. That's completely, completely understandable that he'd want to have that break. So I, it 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 makes it believable. And not only that, I really kind of you know. The theme of losing the father figure. Tony's literally everywhere he goes. Like, there's drawings of him everywhere. I think they do, did a really, really good job of, even though, you know, he's trying to get away from it all, there's Tony still following him. And mm-hmm. to speak to your point, Bill, as, as a person who has lost both of my parents, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it is very tough. And there is a sense of, I have to remove myself from this because it's mm-hmm. just, it's too difficult. And so mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I really did feel that. And, uh, that makes perfect sense. It tracks completely. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's, and you get, 
stuff of because he's followed by everyone is doing their tributes to Iron Man, and so he can't escape it. And even even when he gets the uh, glasses, uh, which are the big MacGuffin of the movie, mm-hmm. the, I love even the name of the glasses are Edith. Even dead, I'm the hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which really on the get, nose. Which gives him though like a little smile because it's like it's a little bit of Tony mm-hmm. still there. Right. Right. By the way, on a side note, I saw this film with somebody who had not seen Endgame. And oh, God. Yeah. So oh, the, no. fact that, the fact that every five minutes they mention <laughs> Iron Man's death in this movie, when you're cognizant of how often they're mentioning it because uh, you're sitting with somebody who didn't know that, it's completely spoiled for them. How have they not seen you, Endgame? You really realize how, much they, how many times they say it. They acknowledge it. Over and over again. How have they yeah. not seen the highest grossing film of all well, time? Well, <laughs> he has a young son, like I do, and uh-huh. we went, and they had just yeah. they just recently kind of gotten into the Marvel Universe. We're, you know, Quentin and I are at the tail end, mm-hmm. but they're kind of getting into it, and I kind of leaned over to him at that point, I was like, yeah, I don't know if you picked up on this, but uh, <laughs> Tony Stark, Tony Stark Iron, <laughs> Iron Man is dead. <laughs> I hate to be the one to break it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just really miss well, him. I, it's been real subtle throughout this movie, but <laughs> yeah. just in case. I really like because even the the initial death of the parent is such a trope of like the teen road trip novel, where like because yeah. a lot of times in YA novels about road trips, more often than not, some parental figure has just died. <laughs> and the road trip is part of, you know, the the teen trying to find their sense of self and come out as more of an adult on the other side, coming of age. That's um, exactly what and, I did, but my father passed away, by the way. Mm-hmm. I took a road yeah. trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, sometimes you have to get away and, and you have to sort of find yourself separate from, from this identity that you're, that's being created. And I... Uh, I also like how this movie uh, pointed out that to a lot of teenagers, uh, there, there's a bit of a, a lack of common sense when it comes to um, identifying uh, stakes and priorities, mm-hmm. that the end of the world is just as high and world-ending a priority <laughs> as, like, will I go on a date with this girl? Or <laughs> or what if I... Or like, like the, the romantic exploits that last three days are just as, you know, life-altering <laughs> as giant flaming monsters. So well, they captured that so well. And I see that every day in my job. Well, <laughs> I'm, Beth, I'm sure in the eyes of Brad, that was all, like, all equally important. I will say, I was worried, given some of the trailers, that they might make this too too like emotional and sad mm-hmm. but there there is a lot of comedy yeah there that was not a problem at all like i i, I was with you daniel on that where i thought oh, well it, it's per it's gonna i i don't want it to be something emotional but like i think i i enjoyed the comedic aspects of it but first i think that some of the the jokes didn't land and i think it kind of i don't know what it was specifically about it didn't make me like it as much as I liked Homecoming, but it, it just I I didn't feel as drawn to the story as mm-hmm. Homecoming, and I think it was because it it definitely 
Well, I, I enjoy a comedy more as, as much as the next guy, but, like, it just... I don't know what I was expecting. I just wanted something a little bit... I guess, I don't know. I, it just... Something didn't feel... Well, kudos, kudos to them, though, for saying, look, everybody cried enough already. Yeah, like, We, we yeah. made yeah. everybody cry enough in Endgame. Let's not just keep them... Cr- let's just not keep feeding them scenes designed to make mm-hmm. them cry. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it it's just you do get wonderful stuff. I mentioned Brad because Brad might have been my favorite character. <laughs> uh Brad is just basically the quote unquote villain mm-hmm. of any kind of teen romantic yeah. comedy. <laughs> yes, he's, yes. He's the he's the romantic love interest rival. Mm-hmm. And that's all he is, even though like the world seems to be falling apart around him. He's just the one who's like, I'm going to get the girl, Parker. And you're like, are there not bigger things happening right I've, now? I've said it once and I've said it again. I'll say it again. Screw Brad. Like, not just this movie. Every Brad ever. I've never met except my cousin Brad. Sorry, if you're listening, don't pay attention to that. What about Brad Pitt? Uh, never met him, but I'm assuming he's kind of a dick. So <laughs> They really do a lot with the comedy even with like you have nick fury and his band of super serious spies Mm -hmm. who then are having to kind of play their role as part of this school field trip Mm -hmm. the only character i felt comedically that seemed out of place was jb smooth and i felt like yeah they didn't know what to do with him he's great he's great Mm -hmm. in everything but i felt like they 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 didn't really write a part for him Mm -hmm. Like they that just want him to be in there. That dude they is have... not a science teacher. Just like no. what? <laughs> what? I wonder why didn't they just grab like Hannibal Buress, and then you would have two people who were teachers in the first movie? Because mm-hmm. you had Martin Starr who was doing good work. Like I loved especially when he was talking about when they had had the funeral mm-hmm. for his wife yeah. who got who got snapped <laughs> out of existence and then it turned out she hadn't she had just run away yeah. but they didn't find out till everyone came back What a cover story like, Wait, what? Yeah. What? It's, just It's so odd to see him play that sort of nebbish uh nebbishy sort of innocent <laughs> when you see him on Silicon Valley and he's so oh, sardonic yes. you know? yeah. <laughs> But, like, because Hannibal Buress was fantastic in Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, like, maybe they tried to get him and he couldn't, or they just wanted to get J.B. Smoove in one of these movies. Hannibal, but, yeah, had, my, felt- Hannibal had my favorite line in Homecoming, mm-hmm. which, <laughs> which was when he, when he pops in the videotape and he goes... Is Captain America? I don't know. I think he's a war criminal. War criminal. <laughs> yeah. This, this guy's probably wanted for treason now, but hey, they say I gotta show you this. Hey, that's one of those. We got this grant. The money has to be used. Yeah. You're watching this regardless of what's happening. And this is not to take a dig at, at JB Smooth, but I think Burris probably or Burress, however, whatever the hell you want to call him, probably would have would have been funnier. Because I think he kind of is more fitted for that or uh, I, I teen think... comedy kind of role where he could like really be the weird gym teacher or the weird teacher that's on a trip and is like dealing with everything that's happening around them. I think honestly, given how the character was kind of written, mm-hmm. it might have been more suited for Hannibal Buress because like J.B. Smoove, I think they yeah. yeah oh he's a talker yeah, like they could have easily let him. 
let him off the leash a little bit and let him do some of his own style, and it probably would have been good. They, I think the only thing from his that really stuck out to me was when he was talking to Brad after the whole, like, Brad tries to use, like, the, I saw Peter in a strange bathroom with this lady, and it's like, I had a picture, but then it just disappeared from my phone, <laughs> and, like, he's like, I'll be the cool teacher here. You gotta stop taking pictures of kids <laughs> in the bathroom. It's just weird. I think, you know, you know, I would have loved to see Hannibal Burris again, but, um... I, I think that Chris is right in that J.B. Smoove's character just had no role in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like he, 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 he said a few funny lines, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like the teacher who, who was just very harassed and trying to get you the kid from one place to the other. You could have completely like, taken him out of that movie, and it still would have yeah. worked. Yeah. And there, you really wouldn't lose anything. I wonder if they were like, well, we need to give the teacher someone to sort of act against for mm-hmm. his role. We'll we'll send a second second chaperone, and then he'll have another teacher to talk to. But, like, I think it's more interesting to have him dealing with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because I think that Martin Starr had a uh, bigger chance to shine in this movie, and I really I enjoyed uh, most of the stuff that he did in it. It's like that, like like you said, the the fake funeral was hysterical. Was probably one of the funniest things in the movie. And then him <laughs> just trying to take a picture in uh, in Venice, and then it just fall into the water. Like that's awesome. Keep give me more of that. <laughs> well, and you get the oh Peter, you're oh, here. You're not, not dead. dead. <laughs> just stay there. Stay alive. <laughs> Which, by the way, the funniest joke to me in this entire movie was at the very beginning during the student newscast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When uh, yes. the thing that uh-huh. bothers Betty Brant the most out of everything that has happened is that they were made to take the entire mm-hmm. school year yeah. over again, even though they only missed half of it due to the snap. <laughs> and she's so upset. And I was like, that is such a teen reaction mm-hmm. that is great i think they do there's a lot of like movie tropes that they do in this uh that are done in such a clever and cool way like that's an example of recapping everything that's happened since endgame like just mm-hmm. showing you where you are and then and i know we're going to talk about him a little bit later but mysterio revealing his plan and like doing it as a toast and a celebration i even though he's an evil guy explaining his plan I thought that was really, really cool and had a lot of great callbacks in it. It just yeah. it really worked for me. And I loved the in memoriam they did because mm-hmm. it's it felt <laughs> so perfect mm-hmm. for what a group of high schoolers would do. Yeah, Daniel, yeah. we had this conversation on our last trip, but that those two were my favorite. I thought the funniest thing in the in home. Oh, a hundred. Like they were they every time they were on, I thought it was a brilliant joke like i just thought it was great mm-hmm. and and it's i like the only thing that bugged me is the fact that because we weren't spending the whole movie in the school we didn't get more of the two newscasters mm-hmm. but and i they even found a way to make the snap kind of funny because mm-hmm. you see the snap happen and then they have the blip which is <laughs> what they call everyone's return and it's just like the bands reappearing in the middle of a basketball game <laughs> and they're just crashing into each other. <laughs> and like I was like that that is a good way to recap everything mm-hmm. but also set the tone of the movie which is 
it's like we're like we're gonna deal with this you know we'll have times where we're sad but we're also gonna have a lot of fun mm-hmm. i enjoyed the tone of it i thought the first one uh homecoming was a really good teen movie on top of being a really good superhero there, story there, and- there was no scene in far from home that was as good as the car scene no okay. yep yeah no. Like there was no, nothing even close. I didn't think. Really. No, no, there's not. I, that is still to me the most frightening scene in the entire Marvel Cinematic no, Universe. Yeah, it is. Like it's it 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 frightens me more than any of the huge disasters I in any of the other films. I don't think I've been more surprised by a twist than that homecoming than that entire interaction in Homecoming when he's taking her to the dance. That when Michael Keaton answers the door, I was like, "Oh, dude, wow." This is not what I thought was going to happen. This is going to get interesting. And then you're right. Mm-hmm. The, the car scene was. And I think that's they, th- I think that's kind of why I didn't enjoy it as much. Not that I didn't enjoy it, because I think we've talked about it a lot, that we, we did enjoy mm-hmm. it overall. It just, I feel like it, it had more stuff like that. It The stakes were a little higher, I guess, because mm-hmm. which that changes after this movie. But yeah, that's... Yeah. To, to me, it ranks... This ranks behind Homecoming strictly mm-hmm. because, and weirdly enough, in what we were talking about with Tobey Maguire, there was a sense of fragility and real danger that does, doesn't does necessarily exist sometimes in Far From Home is because, like, in that scene, in that car, he's alone. Yeah. And it's just him in a very dangerous situation, and that's that tension is what made that work. Mm-hmm. And you had a bit more, I think, of a character journey for Peter as to who he is as both a person and a hero. And you had a little bit of that this time around, but not quite as much as, like, the moment where he's, like, lifting the building and, you know, Mm -hmm. going, come on, Spider-Man. And so it's like, to me, I think they're both really good. Mm -hmm. I would put Homecoming slightly ahead. I know we have a mutual friend, Brent Wainscott, who... uh, says that this is his favorite Spider-Man movie, mm. Far From Home, which I can see. Mm-hmm. I think that the in Homecoming, it was we'd already met Spider-Man mm-hmm. in Civil War, so this was much more about establishing who Peter Parker was, and you had Iron Man in it, but this movie, uh, Far From Home, seems to be more establishing him as his role in the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. and I think since he was more sort of inextricably tied in this movie, you didn't get more of those sort of Peter alone Mm -hmm. moments. Yes. Because it was about what is his role in this larger universe, not, you know, Peter struggling with himself. You know what was really, really... I I didn't anticipate having this, but I I think at the end of this movie, like, you know, there are a bunch of nods to, like, bfb on the suitcase to to uncle ben i kind of want to see more of like how he became spider-man a little bit i know we know like the story but like it's got to be a little bit different to what happened in the other ones because i feel like they're they they've kind of just touch and go where they've like acknowledged it but they haven't like i'm not saying like do a whole movie about it but like you could have like a flashback where you like he dreams about it or something like that i'm just i'm curious to see more of like that kind of aspect of of this spider-man i guess i'll say this i i don't think they need to do that i've seen ben parker get shot enough times Mm -hmm. um it to me it's the same as any batman movie the scene where they show his parents getting killed to me is just 
dumb. Mm-hmm. Like so many pearls I've, falling to the ground. Yes, so I've, many pearls. I've seen it so many times, and I don't care what fresh take they have on mm-hmm. it. It all boils down to the same. Mm-hmm. And like Spider-Man, you can try to put your own spin on it, but it's still radioactive spider bites kid. Kid's uncle gets mm-hmm. shot. He becomes superhero. Mm-hmm. Hashtag I, release the Snyder cut. Is what you're trying to say, I'm no. assuming. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I also think it's worth noting, too, that, uh, and not to beat the Tobey Maguire drum, because I love Tom Holland, mm-hmm. but, you know, after 21 movies, we were predisposed to trust Marvel that this was going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yes. when, mm-hmm. whereas Tobey Maguire had nothing to go on. In fact, no, yeah. there were probably yeah. people who, who knew nothing about Spider-Man. Before that, exactly. before those films came out, except what he looked like, or maybe a cartoon mm-hmm. hand so, raised. I mean, you know, I th- I think that Tom Holland get, got the benefit of the doubt because yeah. everybody mm-hmm. in every one of those movies for twenty one films has been amazing. So mm-hmm. we were uh-huh. like, well, he's going to be amazing too. They're going to kill this just like they killed everything else. Whereas you know, Sony had a far greater hill to climb. Oh yeah, and had to impress people way more. I think. No, and Sony laid the foundation for all of superhero movies now. Them and Fox with the first X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, they really helped build that modern sensibility. But it, And it's like, for that movie, you needed the origin story. Because you do get a bunch, a bunch of people who don't know who Spider-Man is. Mm-hmm. But, like, especially think of it in terms of, like, we now have had Spider-Verse which plays very heavily with the fact that you know the origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you don't really know Spider-Man, you know the gist of what is happening. Which, and so, by and the like, way, a Spider-Verse with like, all the live-action Spider-Man would be awesome, and I would watch <laughs> immediately. Well, the PS4 game incorporates Miles Morales. So, I mean, I think that mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, getting to, we're getting to mm-hmm. a point with Spider-Man where if you play the game, Watch Spider Verse. Watch Marvel Spider Man. You you are mm-hmm. getting caught up in this in this world where the where mm-hmm. Miles Morales exists. Like you're getting those flavors of Spider Man that that I know you guys as comic readers probably oh, love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and even uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, which just came out last week, it Miles Morales and uh, Spider Gwen feature heavily in that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would argue, like, it's because of all that, like, they don't need to go back and give us an origin mm-hmm. story for, like, I know how he became Spider-Man. Right. It's fine. I don't need to go back. I guess you're right. That's just, like, a, a personal thing. Right? I was like, I wonder what that would look like. Who, who would be Uncle Ben? Like, that was kind of like... Yeah, but... Eh. I want to see. I do see <laughs> I a little bit see... of Bill's point, and that you get a sense that something maybe a little different happened mm-hmm. in this case. Like I, I don't see Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man going and being in a pro wrestling thing yeah. to like, and and you know, losing. Like I don't see something mm-hmm. like that happening. But so I do agree that probably something a little bit different happened. I don't feel like I really need to see it. Yeah, because granted, maybe they'll give us like a tie-in comic or something at some point. Well, granted, no. in Andrew Garfield's run, it wasn't wrestling. I think it was just a store robbery that mm-hmm. he just didn't yeah. intervene in. And mm-hmm. so, like, I imagine Tom Holland's might be something even similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So it's we we've basically I think seen the two variations we might get. Mm-hmm. So I I'm okay. It's the same as like if they made a which I'm sure they will 
another well they are making another batman movie with pattinson i don't want to see thomas and martha wayne get shot i just don't why did you say that name like, i've seen i have seen them get shot so much like i'd rather just like Everyone knows Batman's origin story. But there are 12 more pearls in this version. Come on, man. You want to see that. <laughs> Everyone knows Bruce Wayne, why he became Batman. Can I play one devil's advocate card in, uh -huh. in, in, this, in this film? Mm -hmm. It is that Peter Parker as Spider-Man is so much more clever and quippy mm -hmm. than he is as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, it's you very rarely like, see that that you very rarely see that quickness in the actual Peter character yeah. that you hear in Spider Man, and you yeah. would think that at some point they would like maybe give you a little nod to be like, oh well, just as a person, he's a pretty quick witted kid who always has a comeback. But it only happens when he's Spider Man. The rest of the time, he's jaw agape. You know, <laughs> like uh, maybe it's because like when he's an Avenger and he's in the full costume. He's just like, oh, well, you know what? Like, I, I'm, I'm like a different person. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when it's just him trying to talk to a girl, <laughs> he gets flustered. I'm not saying this from experience, mm -hmm. except I totally am. But, <laughs> well, I've never, I've never been Spider-Man. Okay. But the other part I've got nailed down. Um, I was just gonna say that, like you know, I've I've seen kids and, and and like a lot of times who like will be in cosplay or will be doing a role playing game and have a completely different, mm -hmm. sometimes more extrovert personality mm -hmm. while they're doing that than they do in their civilian life, yeah. I guess. And so I I wonder if part of it is a kind of like role playing mm -hmm. that he 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 feels like it, he can really let himself. Mm -hmm. uh, be heard and and uh, and feel more confident in his quips when he's Spider-Man. And even then, you do get moments where he still sounds like, even though he's Spider-Man, sounds like a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, the charity event yeah. at the beginning. I was going to bring that up. Just, <laughs> where he's just like, thank you for having me. And, and thank you, May Parker, for, for having me. <laughs> uh, is, I'm going to go. Are you Tom Holland? Is that is that the plot twist? <laughs> Yeah, I've been Tom Holland okay, this whole time. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> so it, I, I do kind of agree, like, it is the Spider-Man problem of he's a lot more quippy mm -hmm. in the suit than <laughs> outside of the suit. And I think part of it is when he, in this movie especially, when he's outside the suit, he's he's either, like mourning actively or <laughs> yeah. he's or he's yeah. like Doesn't you know be depressed yeah. depressed because MJ's not talking to him or whatever and and so he doesn't have a lot of opportunities in this film to to show that he's clever and and funny because he's he's so angsty and down for most of the time uh when he's not Spider-Man so I and and I think that that may very well be 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 an issue for I think some fans. It's that that he is so morose yeah. when he's not Spider Man. It, it's easier to be fun when you're Spider Man. It's not easy to be fun when you're Peter Parker. Also, let's be honest. He did not corner the market on morose 
Spider-Man. That's true. Oh no, <laughs> no, he did not. We... I'm not. I'm not saying this movie needed him dancing through the streets of Venice dressed all in black, but it might have. You know, maybe that really would help it. Oh my god! <laughs> no, look, like every Spider-Man has oh. had the moment where they're sitting there crying and feeling very morose. I like. I think this movie would have been ten times better if Tom Holland at some point had said on this just really really <laughs> kind of whispered it into the camera you know really i'd love if he just started dancing and then in the background like andrew garfield and toby Maguire joined in, yeah <laughs> and they just all redo that dance yeah. perfect perfection i will say because i think we need to we need to talk about my boy here mm-hmm. one of my favorite villains of all time because mm-hmm. he's almost all flesh and no substance Mysterio. <laughs> how brilliant. I, really, oh. how brilliant is it? It's so it, good. It, what is it? The 20, is this 22 or 23? This is the uh, 23rd 23rd, movie. Right? Yeah. 23rd. The 23rd movie brings us a villain who is essentially a disgruntled American worker. You know, mm-hmm. who, yeah. who, mm-hmm. who, is, yeah. who is pissed off at his employer and using his skill set to be you know, mm-hmm. the vindictive millennial mm-hmm. <laughs> type. And, one, <laughs> and, and one of his like biggest allies in the fight is someone who was a disgruntled employee that... from the very first Marvel movie. <laughs> when they movie. brought that up and it's freaking Ralphie from A Christmas Story, <laughs> heck yeah, dude. That, is I that mean, who that actor yeah. is? Did you wait, guess? Which guy, which guy, wait, <laughs> Peter, wait, Peter Billingsley, right? Yeah, it's who, Peter, yeah. Peter Billingsley is William or whatever, the, the bald guy with the little mustache. Oh, that is wow. Peter, that's like... Wow. Did any of you see that coming? No. No. I, I didn't either. I'm, I, I didn't. thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I assumed, like I think most comic book fans, that Mysterio was going to turn out to be the villain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I even assumed, I think I've even said on here, like, would've I been, It would have been weird if he hadn't, Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, It would have been a much bigger story if he hadn't. Mm-hmm. But, because I was sitting there, I was like, okay, well, I was like, I bet he's even creating these things to make himself look like the hero. But, like, I didn't expect it to tie in to Iron Man mm-hmm. and be like, he's a disgruntled Tony Stark employee and he's built a team of other disgruntled Tony Stark employees. How and they're using more? the snap as a cover story. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. Like, like a- and like, not just a team, a film crew. Like, yeah. I, I, I like that they were able to sort of poke fun of the fact that a lot of the plots of the films are just so silly, <laughs> and, uh, and and you know the people in the Marvel universe will just believe anything mm-hmm. at this point. But I love that you know the the villains were essentially a film crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had like you had a writer, you had your actor director with uh, Quentin Beck, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you had like special effects and even someone who just did costuming. It seems yeah. <laughs> he like. Throughout most of, like, the movie, like, from beginning into, like, when the the turn happens, or when he, like, the turn is shown, mm-hmm. he's so damn likable. <laughs> like, it's yeah, just, no, like, it, it's... I've seen it uh, twice now, once with you, Bill, mm-hmm. once with Beth, and, like, both times, even though, like, the first time, even though I knew he was probably going to turn out to be the villain, I grew to like him, and so mm-hmm. then when it happened, you're like, oh, and then, like... When I was watching it with Beth the second time, and it got to that point, I could hear Beth also do like a, 
oh, yeah. even though I knew she knew. <laughs> I mean, we we all knew it was coming, but I, I think, you know, what makes him, like, more, like, villainy and dastardly is that he's preying on a child and, like, like <laughs> making him, like, you remember that father figure you loved? Like, I'm gonna, yeah. like, play on that. And then there's even a point where, like, he's wearing Edith and, I, like, he kind of looks like Tony Stark for a second. I thought was really, really, really great. Mm-hmm. I just... Mm-hmm. I, in, in ter- he, in, he is the he's playing the kind of person mm-hmm. who Peter would think Tony would want, right? Even though Tony would want that person to be Peter. And I think I tweeted this I think last week because I, I I've seen it twice too. It, the more and more I think about it, and the more the more I see it, the more I like him. And I think that like in terms of just being an antagonist and being like something like who's somebody who's fighting peter he he wins in the end <laughs> like he basically he, he certainly we'll talk about post credits yeah. thing a little a little bit but yeah he he mm-hmm. kind of not in the same way as say like um zemo does in civil mm-hmm. war right because i mean he doesn't accomplish his full goal mm-hmm. was anybody full- else as relieved as i was that there are not um, multiple universes. We'll talk about I, that in our in our Comic Con one. Chris, oh man, because... you're gonna want to sit down. Uh, I I was relieved that there were there was not a multiverse in this movie. Yes, Chris, I was very. I think that's what I meant because I mean Lee and I in our in our podcast podcast situation had gone on about this, and Lee thought this is amazing, this is great, and I thought no. No, this just muddies the waters. Like you, mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. we have to move on and create something post snap that doesn't just talk about the snap in every film. Can I? And put so on when the- I when I when I found out that we weren't going to be doing that in this one, I was very relieved. I got to be honest. Can I? Put, and then uh, can I put on my uh, Can I put on my Kevin Feige covering up my bald spot hat for a minute? <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> Multiverses were introduced in Doctor Strange by the Ancient Ones, so they're probably going to come. Technically, gonna come technically, around. and you know what? They can stay with Doctor oh, Strange. They can. They can. At a mul- I, I I can be happy and, with that. And look, I'm you fine. You can have them. I'm fine with multiverses as long as these films don't use them to cheat. Mm-hmm. And yes, that, I that, that's that's I really agree. my only rule. So, like for example, if they're gonna bring Gamora back, I think they I want to I want them to find a goddamn good way to do it and not well, just cheat on some sort of you know. They already have. How did yeah, they do she's it? She's back. Yeah, she's back. It's I the mean, 2014 version of Gamora that came back in Endgame. Oh, that's cr- that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, because yeah. like that's the thing is there's they're looking for her and presumably that's going to be what mm. Guardians three. So is. that's but I like that. That's a good balance because mm-hmm. it's still a definite consequence because the mm-hmm. Gamora that they knew and loved is dead. She did die, and they don't know this Gamora, and she does not know them. Mm-hmm. So it's a time I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Like she she's back, but it's but it's not without consequence. Yeah, she's back, but she's lost all of the character mm-hmm. yeah. growth I, that she has had. I just don't want to get to a point where we're like, oh my god, we just watched Thor die. Everybody's sad. And then at the end it's like, Thor didn't die. It was, a, it was you're in a multi, another multiverse the whole time. Like, no, it's like, I don't like, think I don't want, there. I, I don't want to do that. And I trust that they won't. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. introducing multiverses 
is a very delicate situation. Mm-hmm. And if you don't play by your mm-hmm. rules, people are going to get tired of it really fast. And, and it mm-hmm. has frequently come back to bite people <laughs> in comics. Right. So oh, I, yes. will, I will say there is cause for just like keeping caution on that. As long as Kevin Feige is in charge, I think I'm I'm fairly confident that he that just won't... can never retire. No, he won't. He'll never <laughs> die. He'll go from alternate uh, universes, different multiverses, and come back and make it better. <laughs> um. Let's see. Before we talk post-credit scene, I want to talk about one of one of my favorite scenes. Well, I'm going to mention two. Mm-hmm. One one is about Mysterio, which is like Mysterio's first actual proper fight with Peter Parker's Spider-Man Ugh. is like mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. It's all these special effects and this visual trip where it's like he doesn't know what's real and mm-hmm. what's not. You know what it reminded it's me of? It's so good. It reminded me of if you've ever played any of the Arkham Asylum, yes. Arkham City games. The Scarecrow. The scare- yes, all yes, that yes, Scarecrow. Yes. That, and I was like, oh, that's so good. That, that, I think you're right. That's probably like in terms of just like visually and just like how the, just tricking Peter Parker, mm-hmm. that was probably the coolest scene in the movie. Like, I was almost disappointed it didn't have more of that mm-hmm. in the climactic battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he had. By, a the way, by the way, as a parent, I gotta say, as the as I think the only one of us who's a parent. Yes, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I could uh, be. I don't know. <laughs> that, it, it, dis- it did disappoint me that these the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, my son is he just turned ten, right? Mm-hmm. The uh-huh. the Spider-Man movies. He he loves them all. But the Spider-Man movies are the most in his wheelhouse because they're yeah, funny, yeah. they're light, they're breezy. He's not that <laughs> far removed from that age. And I thought, oh man, like I, there wasn't a scene like this in Homecoming. I didn't think. No, but they there did wasn't. throw in the yeah. Willy Wonka dark boat trip scene where yeah. it, it, it right there about two thirds into the movie, and they did give you that with the zombie Iron Man and everything like that. I thought. Man, they didn't yeah. really need this. Like, I, I, I felt like that was a little bit gratuitous. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. Anybody else? I, I understand your concern. As a Mysterio fan, I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed him to do that. <laughs> but like, I, I think I you get mostly it. needed the snow globe mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, yes, that's, that's what you needed. Um, no, yeah, it. It would have. <laughs> I think it would have lost some impact without the zombie Iron Man. But you could have done it without. But I even love, like, the layers of that, of you think you're out of that illusion, yeah. and then you're just in an even deeper illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that ties into my one really big criticism of the movie. was It was an element of the plot that I thought was missing. Uh, because one of the things that seems to be happening in that first Mysterio fight is his spider sense seems to be on the fritz. His he Peter can't, Tingle, yes. <laughs> his, his Peter Tingle, yes. His Peter Tingle's mm-hmm. on the fritz. He can't uh, sense danger. And they never really explain why that is. You can make inferences, like maybe it's he's grieving over Stark. But then later in, in, in his next fight, it just works again. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and there's no moment of him processing that and 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 sort of looking at it with the audience. And I felt like that was a major part of the film at some point and was then edited down. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the film, like I really missed the fulfillment of whatever that 
character growth for Peter was supposed to be to help him get his Peter Tingle back. <laughs> That's still a funny way to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he definitely got his Peter Tingle back. Yeah, and it, it's like it felt like that was one of those things where they were just like, oh, well, we're going to do, you know, it's like we're going to do, uh, like the big factor is like, oh, the spider sense isn't working, but like you get one scene of Aunt May throwing something at him, throwing a banana at him, and then that's the only hint you get that it's not quite working. Mm-hmm. And then like it turns out it's like, oh, but that's the big crux of everything. And so I think that that is, that's one of the biggest problems of the movie. What'd you guys think of the happy Aunt May romance? Too much, too much fun. What do you get? What you what you take? I I I thought it was fun. I did too. But I'm on a big John Favreau kick right now too. So it's is that a comics thing? Kind of. Uh, Is it? I don't know. Ask Daniel. I I don't I don't think so. I, I don't think it is. Uh, there was a brief relationship between Aunt May Parker and uh, the and Tony Stark's human butler Jarvis. Uh, they had a thing for a while, which was a lot of fun. Yes, but there was also a romance in the comics, and including a marriage of Aunt May Parker and Doctor Otto Octavius. And let's, this let's is Doctor Otto. This is Doctor Otto Octavius post becoming a supervillain. It's dumb. I can't really. That doesn't sound like something that'd be dumb at all. <laughs> hey, let me ask you guys this too. In the in this in the next film, and I presume there will be a third, based on what we've seen. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure. Put your bets down now. Who's your villain? Um Craven the Hunter. Really? I don't here's yeah. no because I don't yeah. think Craven can carry a movie. I don't yeah, I don't think he's um, interesting no, I just, enough. No, I I think I think if Craven is the villain, he he is working for someone bigger. I could see a Mr. Negative. Really? Already? Uh, Be, because actually one thing and I was talking with Brent about this earlier is one thing he said is we've not really seen Peter have to save New York. Mhm. Because like even the big fight in the at the end of the first one, it's like you have stuff happening in DC. You have their fight in the air, and then you like this is all in Europe. Like he's not had to save New York, and I think if you have Mister Negative as a villain, almost manipulating Peter City against him, mm-hmm. and then maybe he throws Craven in as just mm-hmm. an element. But Craven is one of those. A lot of people want him as a villain, but I just, I don't see how that continues for a full two hours. Oh, I, 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 it's a shame that we've already done Doc Ock. I mean, I I don't think they're going to go back to that well, because honestly, they did it fine in Spider-Man 2. So I think it's fine. Everybody saw the story. And I think that the same thing, you could say the same thing about Sandman. Mm -hmm. And I think you could say the same thing about Kingpin. From the Daredevil show. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, you know, I don't know who you bring up. I mean, Carnage? I, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, because no. they're, they're trying Electro? to keep some of... Well, you've done Electro, too, right? So Well, and you've done Green Goblin twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you... 
I don't think you do Carnage because I think they're trying to keep the Venom universe separate, so then they can hang right on now, to the merchandising I th- rights. I think they'll well, they'll it, probably see be- each other. It won't. They're, they're, if it becomes part of uh, Spider-Man, then Disney gets merchandising rights. Maybe so it's going to be Jared Leto's sexy vampire. Gross. No thanks. Oh, Morbius? <laughs> no. God, no. God, no. No, I hope not. Mm. If that movie were to just get canceled, I'd be fine. Uh, who could it be? I, I mean, who, who is I, another... I, I genuinely think Mr. Negative. I think you, mm. make, you make the villain someone who is... Especially given post credit scene, which uh, we're here, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's you have one of the main things is you have J. Jonah Jameson reappear in the post credit scene. That was the coolest part. Oh Wonder- played, played still by J.K. Simmons because they nailed it the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's playing almost an Alex Jones style kind of guy. <laughs> I but, love that. Loved it. The big thing that happens is they expose Peter's identity. Mm-hmm. And so now the world knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And I th- but and I think like that way like it's a more interesting thing of New York has always been a character in any Spider-Man story. Mm-hmm. It's always been the heart of a Spider-Man story and it it has kind of been missing from these past two movies. And it would be interesting if it was a character that started being antagonistic to Spider-Man and by the end maybe was supporting him as it usually mm-hmm. was. And if you get a savvy villain be- who's working behind the scenes, you could you could pull something off. And I think like Mr. Negative is the smart enough villain to do that. Mm-hmm. And he's someone who's so tied in with New York that mm-hmm. like I mean his 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 secret identity makes him almost untouchable. Right. And it's real, like, he, I think, and he'd be someone who'd be like, oh, well, I need Spider-Man to get into a few Mm high-profile fights. I've hired this hunter who's gonna, like, hunt the spider for me, Mm -hmm. and he'll make a show of it. Yeah. Well, and I I think that, you know, the the end uh, credit scene does set up a situation for Negative Man very well. Mm But I will also put it to you, Daniel, that as as far as I know, you said Craven probably couldn't carry a movie. Mm-hmm. But be honest, before Homecoming, would you have thought Vulture no, could a carry point. a movie? That's I, a I would really, not. really good point. I would not. I, I, I would, feel I, like they, if anyone can do it, it's them. Yes, but I would also say Vulture. You at least have a bit more interesting stuff with there's like the technology side. Craven is literally just a dude with some guns and knives. Well, I mean, you. Well, in the comics, Vulture is just a guy with wings. <laughs> a Vulture guy with wings. Yeah. yeah, he's an old, old man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let me ask you this: Have you guys heard the theor- read the theories that Dimitri is chameleon? Is the chameleon? Yeah. That's, oh, that he's the chameleon. Yeah. yeah. So then he. Ooh. So that's, yeah, there's a lot of that on Reddit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Could be, and they, uh, uh, my friends over at uh, Lights Camera Podcast for Barstool, they just interviewed Joe Maganello, and he was talking Ooh. about how he—that's that's his one MCU character that he hopes that he could play was Craven the Hunter. I think mm. it could work. He'd be a good one. I like. Yeah, he would just, be good at that. He'd be really, really good. But uh, I think there's a story there. Now I'm not necessarily sure what it is, and you, he may not be able to hold a movie for two hours, but. 
I, I, I need to read it, but Craven Last Hunt is often, like, everything that I've put looked up on YouTube, everything I've read about, people point to that as a story that, you know, take influences from that and put into it. So, I, I don't know. And there, there's also the, the whole Sony is making, apparently, a, a Craven movie. I... I so, Which might actually not put him in the movie, mm-hmm. again, so they can secure merchandising rights. Because mm-hmm. they're trying to leverage what they have that isn't tied to Marvel. Because I think the deal with Marvel is basically just Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you have liked... So, it, like, isn't it a shame? Wouldn't you have liked to seen what Marvel could have done with Rhino and Electro? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I like, love, like, really, like, I it's really a shame that they that they... I mean, they did Sandman pretty well. I mean, Thomas Hayden Church was a really good Sandman, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Alfred Molina was a good Doc Ock. But like, God, they could, they man, I'd love to see what I they could do with love... Rhino and Electro and Shocker yeah. and the whole Sinister Six. I would love to mm-hmm. see a Sinister Six movie mm-hmm. done in the MCU. Technically, Shocker is in the MCU. Is he? He's in Homecoming. Oh, that's right. He's the. Uh, uh... He's just one. Oh, he's of at the, the end, right? He talks to. No, no, no. He's he's just one of the thugs. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, it? That, who is it that? Uh... Uh, Scorpion. Scorpion. That's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But no, he's he's just it. He has like the because he like one of them dies at one point midway through, and then another dude takes up the quote unquote mantle of Shocker. Like there were, if you go looking, a whole bunch of um, Easter egg villains who were working in. Uh, Vulture's kind of lab there. You had Tinker in there as well. Mm-hmm. But, is Tinker the guy with the beard? Yeah, he was the guy who was like the yeah, science the guy, guy yeah, behind the, kind the whole of nerd, thing. The kind of yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, and I mean, you could you could maybe do something if you have you know court of public opinion against him. You could maybe have the Spider Slayer. Mm. I wanted to bring uh, Donald Glover back in. The prowl. Oh, the dude. prowler. Donald Glover as the prowler would be cool. I mean, why? I mean. You introduce that dude. He's he's the toast of the town. Why would you not bring him back for something? You know, mm-hmm. they're saving that's... him for when they bring Miles in. Yeah, that's which I think that probably they'll at least like reference him, not beyond like Prowler or Donald Glover saying I have a nephew or whatever. I think you probably get your first signs of Miles Morales in the next Spider Man. I just think that. You have you know, to because because yeah. children everywhere now know Miles Morales. You can at mm-hmm. least you, introduce you introduced him. him, right? And so. then like if you have two Spider Man, and at that point, like the next movie, Peter's in college, and then he's kind of a mentor, and then they're working together. That's cool. I think mm-hmm. that could work really well. You could do it. I mean, like I have young children, and they know Miles Morales from Spider. I mean, like mm-hmm. you yeah. could put him in the next movie and not skip it. You wouldn't even have to explain that much, because if you saw Spider-Verse, it's going to make sense to everyone who Mm -hmm. saw it. You could even, like, if you wanted to still uh, bring in Kraven, you could have, like, Miles' uncle maybe bringing him in to try to get rid of this young hero from from the neighborhood. Like, uh, so so you could bring in some some interesting villains and, and have that really cool story with Miles' uncle, which is very, uh, which is very uh, emotional, and it would also spotlight a part of New York City that is not usually highlighted in these films. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is the I-, I think sometimes it's like in in the Bronx, sometimes it's in Harlem. So some of these neighborhoods More that are, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, especially these neighborhoods that are particularly. Um, populated by people of color that you don't often see 
in in, in these films. Uh, like you you see it in in Luke Cage, mm. but usually you see like downtown Manhattan and, and things like that. You don't mm-hmm. see the 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 other parts of New York that uh, are are maybe more to to the north of the island or even on Long Island. It's more, I guess, it's the, the thinking being it's more exciting to save the Statue of Liberty than something. Yes. Yeah, that's yes, the exactly. Liberty, right. Exactly. Not as many, like, like, there's obviously a lot of really huge landmarks in those areas, but not as dramatic as, say, the Statue of Liberty or the Empire State Building. Before we get to the very last scene, anyone have any other final thoughts? They nailed it. They'd, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I, think I, I looked at you when we saw it the first time and just had my, like, my, my mouth open, like, oh, they did it! So... Yeah, I, I I came home and my wife was like, "How was it?" And I came home with my son and I said, "It's great. I hope they make a thousand more." <laughs> I, mean, oh. I, would, I would watch every one. Like they're great. Well, they they have the formula down so well. They're so it's enjoyable. So it's it, they're just wonderful movies and yeah, they can well, make as many of those as they, as they want. Well, and the thing is, I think I told Bill, I was like, I wish the very next Marvel movie was another Spider-Man movie. Because yeah. I'm desperate to know what happens. I would sit in the theater, wait for the credits to roll, and then start the next Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, start it right up. Look, look I, I'm more oriented to comedy. So, if they oh, want, yeah. if, the, if the next six movies are all Thor, Guardians, and Spider-Man movies, I'm mm-hmm. fine. I mean, like, I mean, that, that's, that's great. I'm good. Give me some Taika Waititi. Give me some James Gunn. I'm good. Just, you know, let's do Love it. Love and thunder. Let's, let's have a great time. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say one other thing that has me, like, really curious how the world is going to be shaped is the very last post credit scene. Mm-hmm. where Because, like, Fury is in the movie, but he almost seems to be acting out of character a bunch. Because like he's he seems a little too gullible mm-hmm. at times, and so you get at the very end you find out Fury was actually Talos from <laughs> Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. just pretending to be Fury. And it sounds like he and his wife partner I don't know how scrolls work, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> hetero life pos- partner, <laughs> yeah, who was posing as Maria Hill. It sounds like their mission had just been like give these glasses to Peter Parker, and somehow they had gotten really off top, yeah. off track. Yeah. I, I was fine with that, but let me tell you something. Uh, our mutual friend Lee Cruz was very <laughs> unhappy with this, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm not. I, I'll say this: he might not be incorrect in that, from a narrative standpoint, Lee claims yes. Lee claims that now all of a sudden having being able to retroactively say, oops, that wasn't that person all along, it was a mm-hmm. scroll, is a little mm-hmm. bit of a cop-out. Yeah. And it's uh, not really fair. And he says, that he, and he's like, I'm fine with it in this situation, but if I keep seeing this, it's going to be mm-hmm. a problem. I agree. I, yeah. yeah, I, I, I agree. think he makes a good point. I don't think they're going to do that, though, but it, they do... Here, it does bring up some interesting questions, especially with... It's like the know, multiverse thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same as because like I already saw people online saying like, oh well, does this mean that it wasn't Fury who got turned to dust in the snap? It was mm-hmm. Talos. Like, because yeah. the thing is, once you introduce that once, everyone goes to the go-to of mm-hmm. like, 
oh well maybe it wasn't really them maybe it was and yeah. he's like I, it, it's I, I think it was is, just a this movie yeah, thing and this is the thing if you're going to introduce scrolls being able to masquerade as anybody and you're going to introduce multiverses uh-huh. you're building yourself in some dangerous backdoors to mm. cheat people yep so you yes. have to be careful with that power you cannot yes. cheat people you just because you can and that can. happens so often yes. in the comics and it has really cheapened the mm-hmm. comics where like you know, someone dies, and sometimes in the same issue, it is revealed that, you know, oh, that was an alternate version, or oh, yep. that was a scroll, or oh, it was a magical illusion. Or, Don't worry oh, about it. Oh, it was a life model decoy, and you're just like, oh, great. I always wonder how does life insurance work in these superhero <laughs> oh, universes? Like, you know, there has to be fraud out, you know, like, how do you even handle it? The. The impression I get of of Talos and and the and the girl one, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I I agree, I can't remember. Her I, name. I I don't know I, her I, name. I, I can't. Oh, no. girl, you're such a sis. Man. I know. <laughs> was that this was just a move that Nick Fury made after Endgame? This is yeah. just a a last eight months thing or a last six mm-hmm. however many months. Uh, thing and it wasn't like since yes. Endgame. But... I I agree because cause you you do see it cuts to Nick Fury where he actually is and he appears to be somewhere in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm assuming is a reference to the Sentient World Observation and Response Department or Sword, mm-hmm. which is what Shield is except for extraterrestrial things. in space. Yeah, Shield <laughs> in space. By the way, Talos's wife is named Soren. Okay. I just looked oh, that up. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Are we, so, is this? The, I mean, is this the same "quote unquote" space that that he was in in Captain Marvel? I mean, is this the same? I would imagine. I maybe I would imagine he's probably just in like Earth's orbit or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in deep space. Yeah, I don't know. I think they could be. I mean. It, they have the technology to go back and forth, so I mean, like you have you have two potentials. You either have sword, which is like he is building what in the comics her name was Abigail Brand, Abigail Brand built, which is a world defense uh, organization to protect it from extraterrestrial threats, or you're going in the direction of the Man on the Wall, mm-hmm. which was another role Nick Fury had, where basically. He was doing the wet work that would keep the planet safe, but really would not be seen too well. Um, that's why they did a thing where it's like someone killed the Watcher, and it was this big mystery of who killed the Watcher, and it turns out it was Nick Fury. And, and because those... the wa- because the Watcher had seen him doing what would probably count as war crimes. And for all the normal folks out there, a Watcher is a yeah. cosmic entity that True. basically... Do they look uh, like Dr. Manhattan? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, kind of, okay. yeah. Right. So they're, they've got in big Guardians, hey. Yeah, in Guardians 2, Stan Lee is talking yes. to a group of them. So but yeah. they just kind of watch worlds and narrate what's going on in them. Mm-hmm. So All of, uh, all of my references you guys mentioned come, go back to... I, I, I had, at one point... Uh, all of the Marvel universes, like do you remember the comics? Where it just yes. it would just be like oh, yeah. basically a mm-hmm. dossier on everybody. 
And so when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I had like all of those. And I just ingested. Nice. <laughs> I just ingested them. So <laughs> even though I don't know the comics, many times I know the characters you're talking about because I at least read yes. them. Yeah, but it, they they did kind of appear in the uh, in Guardians two, talking to Stanley, or he was talking at them. They weren't saying anything because a watcher must never interfere. <laughs> and in the comics, after Nick Fury was given his punishment for killing the Watcher, there was another man on the wall who, for a bit, which was Bucky Barnes. Mm. No, John Snow. <laughs> John Snow. He <laughs> was the John Snow. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Until his watch ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, my watch is over. <laughs> She's not my queen. I She's don't, my queen. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> when we devolve into Jon Snow impression, it's probably a good sign that we're probably... <laughs> But no, I, we still I, we still need to talk about Harley Quinn. Yeah, I, I was going that. to transition wait. to that. <laughs> wait, is this Harley <laughs> Quinn and the Fantastic? Oh, wait, is this? Uh, what- no, we're not talking uh, about that, Bill. Birds we're not talking Ray about that. And the Fantabulous Emancipation no, of One Harley. We, Quinn. Uh, I, no, we are not talking. I refuse to talk about any <laughs> live action version of Harley Quinn. I will only talk about this <laughs> this oh, animated no, I, series I, that seems interesting. <laughs> I am, as Daniel knows. I am sick to death of Harley so, Quinn. So just so yes. we're all, and all the, the cosplays page. thereof. We're so I'm hearing you. We're not talking about Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn <laughs> and the Fantabulous okay. Emancipation the of One Harley okay, Quinn. Okay, thank. Dave. Was there a trailer for that at, at Comic Con? No. Nope. Interesting. DC didn't huh. show up apparently. I like every indication and like rumor. No Birds of Prey it, either. Yeah. No. No. Every indi- oh, that everything- is Birds of Prey, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that is Birds of Prey. Everything. How did you like- forget that title? <laughs> yeah, I know, right. Too everything many words. I forgot. That's like the rumors and stuff that are coming out, or that it's like different and pretty good. So, like, I am cautiously optimistic because I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm over it. Listen, those those same rumors were coming out for Suicide Squad. Yeah, but they were also coming out for Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman. I'm just picking and choosing what I want to fit my own narrative. Yeah. So the, those rumors the, have come out for every uh-huh. DC movie. I heard that Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice is very good. <laughs> I like to call the the new Birds of Prey movie showcase for new Harley Quinn cosplay outfits because uh-huh. that's what it's going to yes. be. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> all anyone's going to be watching. Exactly. It yeah. Yeah. But. We're we're gonna talk probably more about this uh, when we talk Comic Con, but uh, Chris wanted to bring up Harley Quinn. Chris, go ahead. I do. Uh, I am a very I'm a I'm a very massive hater of Harley Quinn, as you know, Daniel. I uh, I'm well aware. I, I find the character kind of annoying. Uh, I felt like Suicide Squad really sort of. I love Margot Robbie. I thought she did a fine job as Harley Quinn. I do not get why there is such an outpouring of, of love and affection for this character. And so I've kind of like gone the other way on it. <laughs> and so I've sort of become anti-Harley Quinn. And then I see this thing from Comic-Con, which is an mm-hmm. animated series based on Harley Quinn. And I text Dana right away and I'm like, look, I, I will watch this thing. I will watch this Harley Quinn thing. Daniel, take it away. DC, uh, as part of... It looks like DC, like, their studio wasn't there necessarily, but, like, DC Universe did something. 
because they announced a few things. Most notably, they put out a Comic-Con trailer for the Harley Quinn animated series. The adult animated comedy series follows Harley's adventures, where alongside a ragtag crew of DC cast-offs, she tries to earn a seat at the biggest table in villainy, the Legion of Doom. <laughs> and it looks like it is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of promise to it. Um... And it has a hell of a cast. Yeah, let's talk about this cast. This is a a who's who of alt comedy. Um, and I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna pull it up. Um, I've got it up right here as okay, well. Okay, so you got Alan Tudyk. Uh, yeah. As the Joker. K two S O. Jason Alexander Al- is in there. I don't know who he is. He's one up. Ep- he's one- all these yeah, people are one episode. Uh, so I'm guessing this is probably like a one villain prep or one. One well, sort of. no, because looking at IMDb, even Harley Quinn is just listed as one episode. Okay. I think it's because right. they it's still in development. They've not released that. So on IMDb, we have Jason Alexander, great call, Diedrich Bader, who does who did a lot for the animated series, Batman the animated oh, yeah. series. Who who was he in that? Um, do you remember Daniel? Um, that name sounds super familiar. DJ, well, Diedrich Bader was on the Drew Carey show. And he was in oh, Office yeah, he, Space, but he's he does a whole he does a lot of uh, oh, video he, game and animated. Oh God, what's yeah? He's stuff. done a ton of animated stuff, and he did uh, a lot for no, Batman the Animated Series, the Kevin was, Conroy series. He was uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold. He was Batman. Yeah, he was Batman and Batman the Brave and the Bold. But I thought he was also someone in the animated. He series. is. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. He was a lot of. I think he was several people in that. Um, Uh, it looks like he was in an episode of Batman Beyond. I forgot he was in Gargoyles. Hmm. Aww. I haven't thought uh, about that show in years. Yeah. I'm not seeing, actually, the original Batman series. He, I know he was, because I remember watching it and thinking, and seeing his name and thinking, he, that's the guy in the Drew Carey show, because they were on uh-huh. at similar times. Like yeah yeah and in anyway Deidre Bader who you will know if you you would recognize him if you saw him Lake Bell yeah. who is uh an alt who is a children's hospital um alt comedy uh, actress Hel- she's playing Poison Ivy Kaylee Cuoco is mm-hmm. playing from Hard- Big Bang playing Theory Harley Quinn from Kentucky's own Kaylee Cuoco is she really. No, she's married to some horse lady. Oh, she likes horse horses. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you paused at a weird time there. She's married to some horse. <laughs> Ron Funches. Can't wait to see who he plays. Uh, Ron Funches. Yeah. Tony Hale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not playing the Joker, despite having played the <laughs> yeah. Joker in previous movies. Mother. <laughs> Rahul Coley. I don't know who he plays. Scarecrow. I don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Sanaa Lathan, Catwoman. Uh, Christopher Maloney. Natalie Morales, uh, not Today Show Natalie Morales, but comedian Natalie Morales. Jim Rash, mm-hmm. who we all know from Community. Mm-hmm. Um, J.B. Smoove, who we uh, aforementioned. Who we've J. talked Smoove. about, yeah, just earlier. Yeah, Wanda Sykes, Alan Tudyk is the Joker, and also, um, who, let's see. Who James else? Wolk. James Wolk, but uh, James Adomian is in this as well. I saw he was. Yeah, they just listed. don't have it listed. They don't have it listed. So yet. I have a feeling this is going to be a really fun BoJack Horseman sort of 
alt oh, alt, yeah. alt comic. If it if it does well, it'll be the kind of thing that like alt comics like sh- pop up in all over the place. And it looks like kind of there was a, a Deadpool series Donald Glover was doing mm-hmm. uh, with. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels very much in that kind of vein. Uh, that they, never actually happened, did it? That was just no. a pre-production. They, but, just, you can read the script online. Yeah, there's a script yeah. online, and it it feels like that. Oh yeah, uh, Chris. Uh, also, Matt Oberg, who's been in Veep and a bunch of other stuff, is going to be in. Who it. is he in Veep? He is Buddy Calhoun. Oh, okay, he's the Las Vegas or the uh, Nevada governor. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's. He's going to be in it, according to the trailer. I'm telling you, you could do a lot worse. I mean, like, BoJack Horseman is, is honestly... Oh, no, yeah. One of its big successful points is that it collected a bunch of alt-comics and pop, and popped the, you know, and, and populated its voice cast of those people. Because mm-hmm. people who listen to the, those people will show up for that. So, like, mm-hmm. for example, I see James Adomian, and I'm like, I'm in. I, you know, I don't know what this is, but... If it's cool enough for James Adomian, I will, you know, probably at least give it a shot. So, if they do no, this right and they keep getting... It, it, Rick and Morty is the same way. A lot of alt-comics show up in Rick and Morty. I mean, John Oliver, David Cross, you have, you mm-hmm. know, the list goes mm-hmm. on. But, I mean, if you can build a halfway decent animated show and populate it with alt-comic voices, you will be fine. And so, when I saw this and I saw that cast, I was like, eh, this looks like it'll be fine. So... And and it has, I think, the right tone. It looks fun. Mm-hmm. It it looks it it looks like a lot of fun. I think it could be good. We'll see. If only it wasn't on DC Universe. That thing's imploding right now. So you may see that on. Well, you you never know because they like approved a bunch of other shows for a season two. That's weird. Like that. It seemed like a couple weeks ago that like. Swamp Thing was done, they weren't going to do, and DC Universe was done, so... Swamp Thing's still on now? Yeah, they but they... Well, no, they, they're they're not doing a second season. Oh, they already, yeah. announced, they announced, they already announced it's over? They announced okay. uh, before the second episode hit that it wasn't getting a second season. I think Doom Patrol Season 2 is only happening because HBO is co-funding mm-hmm. it. But Young Justice is happening. Well, it's Young Justice. That's It's amazing, so... Well, that... That's never kept it from being canceled before. That's true. Good call. Good call. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Is it any good? Oh, it's fantastic. Ugh. You should. Really? Young Justice is great. Am I going to have to pay money to get DC Universe? Did anybody watch the new season of Jessica Jones? I haven't seen Jessica Jones yet. I, I didn't catch the second season of Jessica Jones. I, I have not seen the third season yet. I did really enjoy the first two, so mm-hmm. I'm Did you like the second one, Beth? Because I, I did... I. <sighs> Did I did not, not watch like the it nearly one. as much as the first one. Okay, I, um, I, I didn't like it as much as, as that. Like I, The first season was so devastating, mm-hmm. but it was, to me, so powerful. I know and why you're saying I really that, Because you story. are like me. You're a David Tennant fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I know. I mean, I, I wasn't going to say it, but that's what the second season was missing. But uh, here's the thing. Here's why I didn't watch the second season. No, he's in it. Like, David Tennant is in it. Is he really? Yeah, because, like, she's she's kind of, you know, struggling with, with these flashbacks and, and these, these after he's images of him. He's not in it so as much, though. No, he's not in it as much, but he is there. I didn't watch so. the second season because it looked to me like... Your typical age-old story of, I can't remember where I came from. I just have these flashbacks of being in a medical yeah. facility and being tested on. And I'm like, I, I'm not in for that. I've seen that story a million times. 
Yeah, I think that I kind of powered through it just on my sheer love for the first season. So it was, I did love the first season. So I had lots of goodwill from that. But Luke Cage, buddy, I like Luke Cage a lot. Like Luke, I think yeah. there the first six episodes of the first season are probably my favorite Marvel MT, uh, MTV TV uh, <laughs> TV uh, stuff. I like it better than Daredevil. Um, and I love Daredevil, but it, it's it's just but then like as soon as they do get rid of a character, <laughs> it it goes downhill like really really bad. Well, not really bad, but like the high it's... was so high, and it just goes to so mediocre after that that it kind of mm-hmm. even it, it those six episodes alone made me like fall in love with Luke Cage. Like I I love that character. I think he's so cool. I love how noble and heroic mm-hmm. and good he is. Me too. He he is just uh he he is a hero in in one of the truest sense of the word. Agreed. He he really wants to help his community and I I I know exactly the moment you're talking about uh-huh, yeah. though, when when you have the downgrade but like um when you waste your academy award winner like yeah. that. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's fine. He'll get a second Marvel chance. Yeah. Wait, wait, but wait, are they giving him something else? We'll talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) We just keep hinting at the other show we're gonna do. Another superhero show is premiering, which is The Boys. boys. Are we gonna watch this? Are we gonna check this out? I'm intrigued. Is this a comic or no? I. It's a comic. It. It's a comic I never got into. Because I've had a couple people ask, like, they're, oh, are you excited for the boys? And I was like, honestly, I never really got into the comic. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, to me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was that, like, it came from, I think, in memory, in my memory, at least, it came from that early 2000s, most of the 90s time of, like, comics are all going to be dark and edgy, and you'll be surprised by how, how like, how mean and bad our heroes I, are. I would not sell... And you're just like... I, yeah, I wouldn't sell I'm, short, Daniel. Because, here's the thing. It's... And this is... This is... That sounds like a weird feather in its cap. But it is a Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg That's what I was thing. just about to but ask. He, and, yeah. and, and here's the and thing. Preacher is good. Here's the thing. Preacher. I am the world's biggest Preacher fan. I mm-hmm. love it. I cannot get enough. I thought it was amazing and funny and weird... And I have you, not seen it yet. I haven't either. You cannot, you cannot predict where it's going. It's like it's a complete wild card as a show. I loved every second of it. I can't wait for the new the new season premieres August fourth. And then is that the last season. It is the last season. And then I also am watching Black Monday right now, which is the Don Cheadle Showtime show about Wall Street, and it is also a an Evan Gold an Evan uh, Goldberg Seth Rogen show. And it is similarly wonderful and hilarious and clever and inventive and funny. And so, in terms of television, they've now done two shows that were great. So, I am inclined to believe that there's no reason not to check this out. Most of their movies are great, too. So, I mean, like, it's... Yeah, I think you're right. I will probably give it a chance. Me, too. I'll come in at the disadvantage of having not liked the source material. Mm -hmm. But... Who knows? There have been plenty of other movies like that where I've not liked the source material and been like, you know what? This turned out good. And also, watch Preacher. Go back, watch it. Fantastic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. So much, so much fun. Will do. All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for us. 
for for this episode. Uh, let's see, Chris, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, you can hear a recap of everything I've said about uh, Spider-Man on the Funkhouse situation. You want to talk about it with Lee Cruz? <laughs> Although we will have the benefit, uh, and I will plug this, I don't know when this is coming out, but we will have the benefit, I am going to see uh, the new Tarantino film tomorrow night, so oh, I will have uh, an advanced oh, review cool. of that. So, Bill, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, you guys can, first of all, follow me on Twitter, at Star Wars Bill. You can also uh, follow my podcast, uh, Skywalking Through the League, at SkywalkingTL on Twitter. Uh, give us a listen. Tell us what you think. Follow us. Great. You, I love thank, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, we, uh, we talk Star Wars and basketball, not since October, so if you're uh, a nerd like us, you'll be safe. Um, so, yeah, just... Take a listen, and thank you for having me once again, Daniel. This was awesome. You're very welcome. And Beth, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Dunce Librarian, D-U-N-S Librarian. And uh, I've been seeing, there's always a rash of stories every now and then about, uh, oh, Amazon Prime has this new service where you can read hundreds of books for free. You know where else you can do that? <laughs> <laughs> your library. So, you know, Jeff Bezos doesn't need more of your money. So just go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, if you look on uh, LEX18's YouTube page, you can find a uh, profile piece they did at the Paris Bourbon uh, County Library. And uh, someone you know might be in that piece. It's is Matt in that one too, or is it just <laughs> Matt's in all? Matt's in everything. <laughs> <laughs> Matt pops up and spo- Matt pops up and spoils the grapes of wrath. <laughs> my guy, my guy, my guy. Here's what happens. Uh, but they do LEX18 did do a really cool summer read series where they profiled all the libraries in central Kentucky which is pretty awesome Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah you should check that out (laughs) you should check out the whole series but especially the Paris Suburban (laughs) County library one Um, and now that Daniel has said that one thing that I do I am obligated to say is my opinions do not reflect the Paris <laughs> Bourbon County Library. Yes, yeah, true, <laughs> true. It's too late, Beth. Yeah, I've already attributed all your opinions to the Bourbon County Library. <laughs> <laughs> the, following, the previous views do not reflect those of any businesses associated with these people. Um, let's see, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel Dunstan. Uh, at Daniel Dunstan, just my name. Um, and you can follow the show at Nerds for Normal. Uh, that's Nerds the number four normal. Uh, we're gonna try to get back into a rhythm of posting more and more episodes. Hopefully, we'll see how long that lasts. But I, I, I can only promise to try. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later talking about Comic Con and everything that came out of there, especially Marvel Phase 4 stuff. Um, Talking about other stuff that's happened, including the Watchmen trailer, and anything else that happens in the world of nerd. So, until next time, as always, see ya, nerds. Bye!